Good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Vine Community Church. Uh, we are very happy to have each and every one of you here with us today, and welcome to those who are watching online today as well. All right, I'd like to invite everybody to stand. We'll have a word of prayer, and then we will get started with worship. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything that you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you will continue to do. I would just ask you to come be in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Take a second, turn around, and say hello to somebody. you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. We will be cooking hot dogs and helping with the Franklin Trunker Treat at Franklin Park, October 21st from 4.30 to 7. Come help us serve Franklin. and bonfire is coming up October 15th at 5 p.m. Bring a friend and some food to share. Join us for an evening of fellowship and fun.
Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good morning. Good morning, kids. How's everyone? Good? <clears throat> My sinuses are still crazy, but I'm good. Um, couple things. We've had a, lost a couple people in our church. Uh, Jim Trenhauser uh, has been sick for a while, and he... They were moving him to hospice some day this week, and I called hospice. He wasn't there yet, so then, anyway, he died right after he got to hospice. There's another guy that comes to the first service named Seldon Mullins, and uh, he, I always thought his name was Sheldon, because I could remember that. But anyway, he um, sits in the back row there and uh, always brings me breakfast. He brings Sabina breakfast, he brings me breakfast, Sabina gives hers to Pat, I give mine to someone else. He was killed in a car wreck this week, so we want to pray for his son and his sister. Okay? So let's say a prayer for them real quick. So, Lord, I, I pray for Selden's family that you would just uh, give them your comfort and your peace. And, and I pray for, for Jim's family, for Cindy, and, and for all of them. I pray that you just give them your comfort and your peace, too. Lord, we know we believe in resurrection. Lord, we believe in heaven. And, God, I pray you would just uh, take care of the family, God, as they go through this. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Last Sunday was our Covenant Sunday. I'm, I'll get there in a second. And we do a covenant every year. We don't have a membership, and so we ask people to, to sign a little thing and, and say they're going to do some things for a year. Like, I think our covenant is everyone gets to play, everyone gets to pray, everyone gets to pay. And so if you didn't get a chance to do that, they're up here at the end, and then you can make yourself a little bracelet as a symbol of, of cutting a covenant. Okay? Uh, the, the Monday night class, I'm moving to January, the one on... Uh, what if Jesus was serious? We're going to move the class to, to, to January because I have too many things to do. How's that? So, so um, pray for our family. My, my, my uncle died in March. My mother died July the 30th. My other uncle died September the 7th. And we did the funeral for him last Sunday afternoon, and my aunt was fine. She died Thursday night. Nothing wrong with her. She just died of a broken heart, I think, or just... Gave up. I mean, it's just crazy. So anyway, so let's say our prayer. We'll take up the offering. So Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. Thank you that you gave it all for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
There we go. We finished up our series last week on Better Together. And we're starting a new one today called, uh, What If Jesus Was Really Serious? So let me say a prayer and then we will take off. Okay? So God, just thank you that you were serious when you loved us, even while we were still sinners, you sent Jesus to die for us. Lord, so I pray that you would just help us to, help us just to, uh, follow you, Lord, and, and be serious in Jesus' name. Amen. What if Jesus' teachings and principles weren't meant as lofty ideas, but something more achievable? Would our lives and our perspectives shift if we choose to listen to his message? If Jesus was serious, we should strive to recognize each person as valuable and treat them with respect. Our character should be more important than our success, and wisdom would be found in unexpected places. If Jesus was serious, we should learn to be content with our current state and not expect more than we can control. If Jesus was serious, we wouldn't strive for self-righteousness or for self-image. Instead, we would strive to show love through our actions, seek God's glory above our own, and live in a way that truly reflects God's image. What if Jesus was serious? If we choose to apply his teachings, we would create a world that's reflective of his image. Let's choose to be serious about following Jesus and work to create the world he desires. Am I on? I am on, right? Let me tell you uh, about a country. Um, a country that's divided. Um, one side, you have conservatives who want everything uh, their way. They want to live, you, to live by their rules. They're very vocal, controlling, watching everything. It's their way or the highway. On the other side, you have liberals. They have their own rules that are not as strict. They seem to be open to anything. They sometimes don't even believe in things. They're more in tune with the national trends and go along with the government on all kinds of things and moral issues. Then you have patriots. They fight, they want to fight the establishment on every front. They don't like the rules imposed on them. They want things to go back the way things used to be. Then you got the very rich who seem to be getting richer all the time, uh, in tough financial times in their country. Then you got the poor. They're down on the bottom of the food chain. <clears throat> They're looked down upon because they're poor. Then, this, you know, this whole society seems to be messed up. They need someone to speak into all these things. They need someone to speak into the, their concerns and their issues. They need a real leader. They need a savior. So Jesus comes and he goes up on a mountain and he gives his most important talk of his life. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And so he uh, starts to teach that. <coughs> you probably thought I was talking to the United States when I started out, right? But I wasn't. I'm talking about Israel. Israel had the Pharisees. They were the conservative ones. They had all the rules, and they tried to control things. Then you had the Sadducees. They were the liberals. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. Uh, they were more in line with the Roman government. Then you had the, the, the zealots, and they were the freedom fighters. They wanted to overthrow the Romans. They were ready to fight at the drop of a hat. Then you had the very rich who kept getting richer. Then you had the very poor that, that were looked down upon and all those kinds of things. And we think we live in a different world. But Jesus came along and he went up on a mountain and that's from the chosen. If you haven't seen that, you might want to watch that on TV. Uh, and he starts to, to, uh, give the, the sermon on the mount and the crowds start to listen to him and he starts to talk to them. And so Matthew chapter five, verses one through 12. Um, let me just find it here in my Bible real quick. If I can. 
Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Now, let's read this together. Like, you ever been to real church? (coughs) You read things together in real church. Here we go. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The gospel, thanks be to God, right? For a long, long time, uh, people didn't read. They didn't have Bibles. The only time they ever heard the, the Bible was read in church. That was it. And if you had certain churches, it was read in Latin. They didn't understand it then. But reading the Bible is, is just a really important practice. And so Jesus comes along in a divided country that's crazy, like every country is crazy. And uh, he starts to, to say some things. And he kind of uh, tells them some things. And so the question uh, that, that I'm posing that goes along with, with this message is this. Was Jesus really serious? You know, was he really serious, you know, about, about what he was saying? Um, what if he was, right? Um, what about those? Who are the ones who are blessed? Who are the ones, you know, that, that are in God's favor? And let me just say something too. Um, there's a temptation. Uh, some people hear this and, and they say it's really ideal. It's real nice. Some people like parts of the Bible. They don't like the other parts of the Bible. Thomas Jefferson. You remember Thomas Jefferson? Founding father of our country. He, he had his own Bible. He, he took his Bible and all the miracles in the New Testament, and I it Mark or Luke, he cut them all out. Because he didn't believe in miracles. And so he, he only wanted certain things. And so all the way through he had his own Bible, he cut things out. And, and, uh, sometimes people do that. Sometimes people read the Sermon on the Mount and they think, this is a goal. This is an ideal. This is how we're supposed to live. Uh, sometimes people read it as, as a, a prescription. Okay? This is how you're supposed to do things. Jesus isn't describing a prescription. Okay? He's not given a prescription on, on how to live. He's not describing who really is blessed. He is describing who really is blessed and, and not how to get blessed. Because some t- people think, I need to do this, I need to do that, or whatever. And if I do those things, then I'll get blessed. And, and so he's, he's not doing that. Um, so this thing raises a, a lot of questions because Jesus' message was always a message of grace. Totally different than, than what people preached in his day. And so, so the question, like I said, is this. What if Jesus was serious? Okay? And then who is really blessed? And who are the ones in God's favor? So you guys alright with this? Here we go. So if Jesus was serious, then no one is beyond God's blessing. Okay? Um, a recent study found this. People who are on social media a lot are more likely to experience negative physical health, negative mental health, that's for sure. And negative life satisfaction. If you're on there all the time doing that, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna affect you a, a lot. 
and especially young people. Because they see their friends doing this and this and this, and then they think, wow, those, they've got it all together, and my life sucks. And, and so it really messes with people. Adults are that way too. <coughs> and so we see the, the special people, right? And I, and I look at social media, um, it's, it's like a highlight film. Um, I like sports, and, and so I've seen a lot of guys do this, and girls do this too. They want to go off to college, and they want to get a scholarship. So they make a highlight film. I've seen people in Franklin do it. They make a highlight film of their football game. And so they only show them the best stuff. They don't show them the passes that they missed. They don't show them the shots that they missed. They don't show them falling down and making mistakes. They show all the good stuff because they want a scholarship and they want the college coach to see what they're doing. And so that's it. That's what I think Facebook is. I think it's a highlight film. Let me show you a picture. Here's a picture of a family. Not my family. Probably not your family. But it's a family on Facebook. <clears throat> you see these pictures on Facebook, right? Let me show you the caption that went along with this picture. A perfect morning with this picture of a perfect family. Right? <clears throat> Social media is a highlight film. That family could be totally messed up. You know, uh, everyone has problems. Everybody goes through things. But you don't post it. You know, some people do because they're crazy, but, but other people post, post the good stuff, right? And so then you look at them and go, wow, isn't that a nice family? My family, my, I have a crazy uncle. You know, or, or my, my kids are doing this or that, or, you know, or my husband's messed up, or, or whatever. Notice I didn't say wife because I didn't want to get punched by Liz. <clears throat> but you understand, it's a highlight film. And, and so, um, and it almost appears as those who are really blessed because they want, they want to keep an image up. And, and wanting to look good is not a new thing. It's, it's just a part of human nature and it's a part of society. Even in Jesus' day, there were people who, who wanted to look good. Uh, they wanted to, to project a certain kind of image. And so this is the deal. Back then, they thought those who were healthy and powerful and rich and respected and educated, they were the ones who were favored and blessed by God. Not the poor and not all the other people. <clears throat> and this message is still preached. You can turn on TV and watch different people and they'll say, you know, if you do this or that, then you're going to be really blessed and God's going to do this for you and you're not going to get sick and, you know, and, and, and all this stuff is just going to be wonderful. And then people send them a bunch of money, right? And, and they're really blessed because they got, right? <clears throat> but it's not a new thing. In Jesus' day, they did the same thing, and they tried to show who was really blessed by God. Jesus comes along, and, and he just blows the whole things up. He puts people on the list, even in the in the Sermon on the Mount. They're not on the they're not in the upper. They're in the lower part. They're on the lower part of the food chain, and so uh, he he messes them up. Jesus taught this. He taught that no one is beyond God's blessing. And then when he came along, he said that. It can't be determined by how you appear in society or how you appear on Facebook or whatever. And if you look at that list in Matthew, no one's beyond his blessing, that he loves everyone. (coughs) Excuse me. Number two, if Jesus was serious, then heaven is already here. Okay? Show you a picture. (coughs) The kingdom of God. Jesus came along, he says, the kingdom of heaven. But I grew up in the church. So when I hear the word heaven, or what do you think? When you hear the word heaven, what do you think immediately? Well, after my my year, 
My, my uncle died in March. <clears throat> my uh, mother died in July the 10th. My other uncle died September the 7th. We did his memorial service last Sunday afternoon. Well, is my aunt back to her room and stuff like that. She died Thursday. And I said this to you already, but, but, uh, so I think of heaven, right? I know, I know they're all good. They're all in heaven. <clears throat> but Jesus isn't talking about what happens when you die. Jesus preached the message. He said, repent, you know, for the kingdom of heaven is in. Jesus came along, uh, not talking about when you die. He talked about something else. Show the next slide. Repent means to change your mind, for the kingdom of heaven is right here. Jesus is saying, you know what, it's, it's right here. It's right now. Okay? Is there a heaven? Yeah, there is. Is that where you go? The Bible says, be absent from the body and presence of the Lord. But Jesus wasn't talking about that. He was talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And this is what it means. It means the rule of God. And so, <clears throat> every week we say a prayer before the Lord's Supper, right? It says, your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. So when we do things, when we share the gospel with people, when we help the poor, when we do other things, we're bringing the kingdom of heaven to them. They're getting a little bit of the kingdom of heaven now. We have the now and we have the not yet of the kingdom. And so our responsibility is to, is to demonstrate God's love and to share the gospel with people so they can understand what God's like. Give me a drink. My voice is changing. <clears throat> I knew it would happen one day when I, you know, I've been 18 for 54 years. So, Jesus was saying the kingdom of heaven is right here, right now. And we're supposed to live in it. We're supposed to do stuff. If Jesus was serious, we can't separate our relationship with God from other people. So look at this picture. <clears throat> we we, we uh, have people in different sections. We got enemies. We got friends. We got whatever like that. But But if you're a follower of Jesus, we're all connected to each other. Okay, uh, we can't have this relationship with God and not have this relationship with each other. And we're supposed to live in, in that relationship. The cross goes up and the cross goes out, right? Uh, this is the deal. Our relationship is always tied to our relationship with other people. Got that? Um, <clears throat> even the Old Testament prophets, when they came along and they preached, because people were into bringing sacrifices, but they said this, God desires mercy and not a sacrifice. God wants you to be merciful toward people. He's not impressed with your worship. The prophets were ringing that out all through Israel and through Judea. They were preaching that message. God isn't impressed with your worship. He wants to see that you show mercy and justice to people. And so our relationship with God's always tied to others. And um, even again in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses. What's the next word? As we... God, this is the deal. God, forgive me my sins the same way that I forgive other people their sins against me. That's what it's saying. And so so we, we're tied to each other, okay? And then Jesus told lots of stories about that. He told the story of the Good Samaritan. And then he gave the great commandment, which was to love God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and strength. And it's the second part. Love your neighbor as yourself, okay? So So the deal is this. Loving your neighbor is how you show love to God. Because every person in this room is an image bearer. Every person that you see see is an image bearer. Every person that you see has that light inside them that the Quakers talk about, that John talked about in the Gospel of John. 
And so the way that we love others is how we love God. And first John, John gets real serious. He says, how can you say that you love God that you don't see and you hate your brother that you do see? And then he says, if you're, he goes on to say, you're a liar. If, if, if that's the deal. Because Jesus said that people would know we're disciples by what? By our love for each other. That's it. Am I preaching too fast? Okay. Make sure you guys are okay. <clears throat> if Jesus was serious, then image isn't everything. Okay? And that's a big one. I talked about it in the first point there, but I'm going to talk about it some more. <clears throat> the average Christian in America goes to church two times a month. Anybody grow up in a real church? <clears throat> How did we do in, in, the, in the Southern Baptist Church? Well, we had Sunday school. Then we had church. Then we had training union. I don't know what we were training for. And then we had Sunday night service. Then we had Wednesday night prayer meeting. And then we had visitation, either on Tuesday or Thursday. When we moved here to start the church, <clears throat> we moved in with my mother. And, and I said something to mom. I says, Mom, you know, we went to church so much, we didn't have time to be Christians. And she laughed and agreed, even though she was a pastor's wife forever, and she had her own rules and violated her rules. Uh, my mother's in heaven now, so I can talk about her freely. <coughs> Growing up, we weren't allowed to do anything on Sunday. I'm so old, nothing was even open on Sunday. I remember when they opened the Dayton Mall, we'd just go walk around. Stores weren't open yet. I remember when we moved here, Mom wanted me to cut the grass, but I was working full-time, and I, she wanted me to cut the grass on Sunday afternoon. I said, Mom, what is the deal? You know, it's Sunday, it's the Sabbath, and you, she goes, that's the only time you got to do it. I said, okay. So whatever, she bent her own law. But, uh, but growing up in a real church, we went to church all the time, but now, in America, the average church attendance is twice, two hours a month. Okay? As opposed to being shaped by 150,000 ads per month. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody is selling us something and, and most of us are buying it. Images and everything. Okay? We're blitzed by TV. I was getting advertisements on my phone during the first service. It told me, it even told me how much phone, I was down 27% this week on my phone time. I don't even know what that means. According to marketing experts, the average person sees 4,000 to 10,000 ads in a single day. We're made to think that we have to look a certain way, have certain things, That'll make us look good. That'll make us happy and show the world that we're really blessed. And, and the deal is this. They were thinking the same thing in Jesus' day. Okay? Those who, who look good, they wanted people to think that they were holy and they were good, that they would keep up all those images. They had lots of rules to project that image. And Jesus came along and, and blew them up. And he told his disciples not to be like them. Jesus was way more concerned with the inside than he was with the outside. He told a story once. <clears throat> and he was talking about the Pharisees and how all the religious people and all the show showboat stuff they did. He said this. He said, like this. And King James says they're whitewashed sepulchers. A modern version, they're, they're whitewashed tombstones. Jesus said they give the appearance of beauty and all this stuff on the outside. He goes, but on the inside, they're full of dead men's bones. Jesus is saying it's, it's not image that's important, Okay. You know, it's the heart. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. And this is the deal. If the heart is good, then it's going to produce some stuff on the outside that's going to be good as well. Image isn't everything. God wants our heart. He wants a pure heart. 
and those who have a pure heart are blessed. So, <clears throat> in this list, how are people really blessed? And I had this question. This question's a big one to me. How are people who are mourning blessed by God? You know? <clears throat> Is that a blessing? I mean, I've had four people die this year. I must be really blessed. Right? And you know what? I really am. Because this is what I believe and this is what I know. And this is how you make it through stuff. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. When you go through stuff, Jesus is right there with you. You know, the Lord, you know, the 23rd Psalm, you know, um, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, you know, he's, he's with us. Um, he promises that he'll never leave us. If you're having trouble, if you're going through issues... God's right there. We we have this feeling that we've been forsaken, but no, he's right there. And somehow we come out on the other side and we're okay. Why are we okay? Because we're blessed. We're blessed because of his presence. Okay. He promises never to leave us. Uh, people back then needed the Sermon on the Mount because their world was crazy. And we need the Sermon on the Mount because our world is crazy too. So, we're calling this series, What If Jesus Was Serious? <coughs> Got that? But I think I'm going to take it further. What if Christians really took Jesus serious and started living like it? Because Jesus was serious. But are we serious? This is a personal question here. What if you took Jesus serious? Let's just bow our heads for a second, okay? Two questions we always ask. What's God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? Maybe you've never come to the place that you've invited Jesus into your life. You know, that's the start. And then you get up and go to work. So let's just think about this for a second. What if Jesus was serious? What if I took Jesus serious? Amen. If you have one of these, take it out. We do this every week to remind us of who Jesus is. We do it every week to remind us that we're connected. It's called communion. And in the word communion, you hear the word community. The early church, when they got together, they did this every time they got together. It's been a tradition in the church since then. And so it's called communion, that we remember what Jesus did. And every week we say the Lord's Prayer. And you'll notice something in the Lord's Prayer. It doesn't say, my Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you know, uh, 
forgive me my sins, blah, 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 all that or whatever. Okay? It, it's, it's first person plural. If you remember English. It's us, it's our, and we always say this <clears throat> just to center our thoughts and remind us of who, wh- why we're doing this. So let's just say this prayer together, okay? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It says he took the cup after supper, saying this cup is the new covenant. Uh, in my blood, do this in remembrance of me. And it says in Corinthians, Paul wrote the church, and he said this. As often as we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death. Until he returns. We remember what Jesus did and we're reminded what we're supposed to do too. Amen. Remember there's no class tomorrow night, so don't come. If you do come, you're just going to have to hang out outside because you can't get in. We're going to do it in January. I just have a lot of things I have to do. With my uncle and aunt's stuff. So I, I, my uncle died September the 7th, so I've been, t- I've been trying to get things transferred over to my aunt from him. So filling out all this stuff and all, and then she died Thursday, so more fun. Okay? So anyway, if you didn't get a chance to do the covenant, uh, up here on the table, our covenant is we get, everyone gets to play, pray, and pay, and, uh, you can sign the deal there and give us your firstborn, and then, uh, that's a joke, and then get you a little, little thing, okay? Because we're in this together, it it takes all of us. So let's all stand. Grab somebody's hand beside you if you like. And we will close in prayer. And uh, see who the Bengals play today and the Browns and all those teams, right? Whatever, right? Remember those people in prayer. Remember uh, Selden's family. Remember uh, Jim's family, too, in prayer. Remember our family, too. So let's just close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, that you loved us with an everlasting love, that you gave Jesus for us, Lord. While we were yet sinners, you you died for us so we could have this relationship with you. And so, God, help us to see that this relationship involves all of us, that we're in this deal together, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So, God, help us to live that way. Help us as we go from this place, God, to be your hands and feet, that we would lift people up, that we would show mercy, that we would live as people who are blessed. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Bless you guys.